0: Welcome to The Busy Latter-day Saint, where righteous desires and living life come together. Here members of The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints discuss their challenges and successes in studying the scriptures. I'm your host, Richard Bernard. Before we hear from our guest, I encourage you to subscribe to this podcast and leave comments. This will help the podcast in reaching a larger audience. Also, invite your friends to listen. Information on how to reach me and a link to my website are in the show notes. The music for this program is by Marvin Goldstein and used with his permission. And now, today's interview. Well, welcome, Tim. How are you doing? Doing great. How are you, Richard? I'm doing very good. Now, where are you located?
1: So, we live in Taylorsville in southern Cash in southern Salt Lake Valley.
0: Yes. Yes. I'm very familiar with it. And, uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. I was recommended to you by one of my listeners. And, um, so I really know very little about you except that you teach some classes. So why don't you just share some information about yourself?
1: Uh, sounds great. Uh, I'm retired. Uh, my wife and I, uh, have, uh, been married now for, uh, Forty-eight years, we have two children and uh, uh, three lovely grandchildren. I spent my I began my career in uh, teaching seminary, and then uh, was brought down to produce media for seminaries and institutes. Back in 1982, after teaching for six and a half years, and then spent my career uh, producing media first with CES and then. We were consolidated into curriculum, and then the audiovisual department of the church was created, and I uh, spent uh, most of my career there, 37 years with the church, retired in 2011, and uh, so I've had a variety of experiences, served as a stake president and mission president, and uh, since a couple of years before retirement, uh, began teaching an adult religion class Uh, then under the auspices of uh, BYU continuing ed. uh, And since it's become just a state class as most of those uh, classes have. And so that's kind of who I am.
0: Well, I'd like to know more about um, uh, what you did with the the church. I I bring that up because in Provo, there is the recording studio. Uh um, And I always wanted to take a... a, um, a tour of it and my wife was able to set something up and we actually had a tour with about three or four other families. And I was just amazed at um, the facilities there. Now, did you work at the, that facility?
1: Uh, often on production. Uh, so the uh, motion picture studios was consolidated. Uh, the BYU motion picture studio was consolidated into the audiovisual department uh, when it was created. And uh, so I had a lot of dealings with that. Most of my assignments were uh, at headquarters, uh, but we uh, worked directly with motion picture studios.
0: And what were some of the assignments you worked on?
1: So uh, early assignments, of course, started out producing film strips for seminars and institutes. Uh, And then of course we got into video when we were consolidated to curriculum. I had the responsibility over the uh, headquarters uh, video and audio studio. Uh, then when the department was created, I had responsibility for the uh, general conference uh, broadcasts for the, the, the Tabernacle facility. Uh, and for the visual resource library and photography and uh all of that sort of thing, uh, and, and also uh, helped with the satellite system, the technical support side of that. Uh, and then at uh, a time uh, over the, uh, the producers uh, for film and, and video production. Uh, so I had, a, I had a variety of experiences. Then we were called as mission president in 97 to 2000, When I came back after my mission, I had the assignment uh, over all of the international areas and all of the the dubbing for all of the films and all the support for international area presidencies uh, uh, up until just before my retirement. Well, I think
0: that's very interesting work, Um, especially General Conference would be a very busy time for you.
1: Yeah, uh, (laughs) extremely busy. Uh, In fact, I still have withdrawals at General Conference time (laughs) Uh, (laughs) and can't believe I can sit home and uh, put my feet up and enjoy General Conference because it was for so many years a very intense period of preparation and then uh, work afterwards, uh, getting everything uh, sent out to all the world and uh, a very exciting and intense time. It's just an incredible operation.
0: Yes, I, I, I can just imagine that it is and all the talent and people and technology that goes into it. And I'm always interested in technology. So um, I think that would be a, a great, great career. Now, you mentioned film strips. I don't know if anybody in our audience, the younger people, even know what film strips are. Yes. <laughs> I, I taught seminary. I'm trying to go back. Um I think it was in 82. It was in the early 80s. And um, I remember using film strips. Yeah. And so, well, so you're you the know,
1: one that it goes back to the uh, ancient Tom Trails uh, series. Uh, I came in and we did uh, 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 Not of the World series for New Testament and then Free to Choose uh, series for Book of Mormon and those were the last two film strip series. After that, uh, we went straight to video. The kids were starting to say, "Why can't you make their lips move?" <laughs> oh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I don't think we miss much. The beep, beep. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so
0: yes. Yes. In fact, if there's anybody, I know there's some younger people listening. What a film strip is? It's it's literally a film strip that was on a roll, and you would put it in a special projector. And um, if I remember right, we had a cassette tape and um, the cassette tape would go along with it. And the little beeping he was talking about would tell you to to turn the little dial and go to the next uh, next frame. Yeah,
1: that's
0: <laughs> so yeah. we are definitely spoiled now. I'm just amazed, you know, this morning um, as I was eating breakfast, I was reading the Book of Mormon and just expressing how grateful I am. That we have this technology today, that just uh, I can just reach in my pocket and pull out my phone and start listening and reading. I was reading the um, the Book of Mormon, as I said, but um, I also set it up that I was going to listen to all the conference talks from last conference and had it scheduled so that I was listening to two, two, two a day. And um, so today I finished my two, but it was all done just within my hand. And I remember teaching seminary and have to get the projector out and get the cassette tape out. And and of course, you you know, you had to darken the room and <laughs> we just don't have to do that anymore. So I think we're very, very blessed. It's well, thank you for your service in getting the helping to get the general conference out there.
1: Absolutely. Now, you have two can, you I, two. can I just mention something? That, yes. You know, while for us in the first world, it's amazing technology and marvelous to use, one of the things that we're not so aware of is how incredibly it's changing the third world. Uh, especially with the the church things, because the penetration of uh, mobile devices into the third world uh, is astounding. For instance, in the Philippines, it's over hundred percent. There are more than more mobile devices than there are uh, people in the population, uh, and you have that same penetration happening in Africa, Latin America, Asia, uh, and because they've they've skipped over the whole. Uh, landline infrastructure. And with the, uh, the internet available on the mobile phones, the church's penetration into the lives and hearts of members of the church and investigators is just phenomenal. And that's uh, in all parts of the world, the Middle East, Asia, uh, all through uh, Russia and the former Soviet Union, uh, all over the world, the penetration of, of mobile devices is uh, fascinating and the access of church information uh, by the internet and and media, which is much more uh, accessible and understandable even when there are literacy problems.
0: Well, that's very interesting about the Philippines. I, I didn't realize that. I knew it was impacting the third world. Um, and all of this has been prophesized about, even by our latter day prophets. I, I have a whole page of quotes on technology from the um, quotes from the general authorities. And they've they've all said that the day would come when we would be able to do this. And it's great. It's it's how everybody's going to know about the gospel. Yeah. Well, now,
1: yes, go ahead. Uh, it's marvelous. It's. It truly is a fulfillment of prophecy.
0: Well, now you say you teach two adult classes. Uh, is it the come follow me or what is it?
1: Yeah, we follow the come follow me uh, lesson plan a, a week ahead. Uh, and we were meeting uh, physically up until COVID. And, but I also send out a, an email with all of the resources with my PowerPoint presentation and uh, a recording of the class. So we've just continued without the physical meeting. I just send out by an email with uh, links to all the resources a week before the Come Follow Me schedule.
0: Now, that mailing list, is it also
1: people outside your state? Oh, yes. Uh, my mailing list is uh, approaching 3,000 now.
0: Okay, very good. Um, I will put that in the notes. I just need you to supply me with the um, the site is there a site that they go to to sign it's up or just how? just
1: my email, which is timothyltaggart@gmail.com.
0: Okay, so th- they can just uh, email you and say they want to be included in the class. Yeah. yeah. Okay, very good. Well, that, that's that's wonderful. Well, uh, you say you have two children. Um, where are they? Here in Utah, or
1: uh huh. My son. Other places. Is, my son is here in uh, in Salt Lake Valley. Uh, My daughter and her husband are up in uh, Cache Valley. They live in Nibley and uh, uh, they're great people. My son uh, broke his neck in uh, 2006 and is a quadriplegic. Uh, That's quite an interesting story, but he's uh, now a practicing attorney having uh, finished two bachelor's uh, master's and a doctor of law degree at the university of Utah. And, uh, is a practicing attorney and uh, uh, doing great with his life.
0: What kind of law does he practice?
1: Mostly family law, although he also has uh, a full-time a gig doing property tax uh, database for attorneys for a national uh, organization. Oh,
0: okay. And then you said your daughter's up in the Cache uh, Valley. huh. Um, she's probably yeah. in a very small town.
1: Yeah, in Nibley.
0: Uh huh. Yeah. My wife and I, my wife and I drove up to, um, up through there and saw some of the small towns and, um, I would get information on them and they might have 2000 people.
1: Yeah. I grew up in Cache Valley up in Lewiston. Uh Oh, okay. About 2000. Uh, that's, I grew up on a dairy farm up there.
0: Well, that's like our bishop. Uh, he grew up in Idaho. Uh-huh. Uh, there was about two thousand people in his town, and everybody knew everybody.
1: Yeah, and lots of kind of hard that person.
0: Yeah, it's kind of hard to wait. It's kind of hard to get away with anything.
1: That's true because your neighbors <laughs> is likely to kick you in the rear end if you do something wrong. Yeah. <laughs> your <parents> t- <laughs> and and
0: and of course the, the the children suffer because they before they get home, uh, the parents have already <laughs> heard what they did. <laughs>
1: That's <a> true principle,
0: <laughs> but I think it's a probably a pretty good principle to follow.
1: It is
0: well. Let's get into the scripture study. What? How do you? study the scriptures, uh, how do you approach them?
1: So there's a variety of ways, you know, uh, reading through them, just reading, uh, reading quickly. In fact, uh, usually once a year, I'll read the Book of Mormon through like a novel. So basically reading it very quickly, finishing it within a few days. And that kind of an overview a broad picture is fascinating because it, whole different impressions come when you read that way. Um, that's, not, that's not a way to, uh, to study it carefully, but that kind of an overview is wonderful. And it, and it works well uh, with the other scriptures as well, just giving you that overview picture. So that's one way to do it and uh, is fascinating that way. In fact, I recommend with the Old Testament, I think everyone should read through the entire Old Testament, but uh, I recommend you do it if you're going to read it like that, like a novel, uh, to use like the New International Version or another modern language scripture that allows you to to uh, understand it and read it more quickly. But that kind of overview is fabulous. Well, I was going to say on a... Uh, a more normal basis is to just uh, read it and enjoy it. Read it verse by verse, underline, mark it. I I feel there's a real power in marking up the scriptures. In fact, reading a lot of times when I'll read it fast like that, I'll read it for a theme or two, uh, and use it uh, just a cheap uh, paperback version, and then taking a red pencil just draw a line through a verse that hits on a topic I'm looking for for instance if I read it on faith then any verse that talks about faith or connects with that principle as I'm reading quickly I just draw a line through and uh, it's again it's astounding when you read it quickly that way looking for a theme and then go back and uh, to find that you have hundreds of verses marked uh, I did that, my first time I did that, I did that looking for uh, the Savior in the Book of Mormon. And I was astounded to find, you know, the majority of verses in the Book of Mormon connect with the Savior. I mean, uh, hundreds and thousands of verses. And that was a a powerful impression to me uh, concerning the Book of Mormon. But then to go back and uh, uh, use marking techniques that you like to... uh, To mark it up and to ask questions to yourself and then answer and then find the answer to those questions. A lot of times, write down the questions you have and uh, and pursue them.
0: Yes, I like the idea of reading through the the Book of Mormon. I do that. I have my study right now. I'm studying Doctrine and Covenants, Uh and of course, the uh, Come Follow Me. But uh, like I said, for breakfast, I'm just reading, reading it, uh, just going through and reading it. And uh, yeah. um, it's, I, just, I, I really enjoy it, and I look forward to it each day. Now, it sounds like you use hard copies. Are you using any digital devices as far as your study?
1: I use the, uh, uh, the online handheld mold device a lot. Uh, and I probably use that more than a paper copy. Uh, of course, reading it through quickly, I I prefer the paper copy because it's easier to read quickly. But uh, uh, I use the mobile device probably as much or more than I do the paper scriptures. But I do like the tactile thing of marking the scriptures. I'm very visual. And so uh, marking the scriptures and then being able to easily glance back and find the places where I have questions uh, I find very useful. But then you can do the same thing in the mobile device. You know, you can mark it up and and have it stay with you. It, it's a great tool that way. Uh,
0: yes, it is, and I stick basically with just digital. I would have to go search for my uh, hard copy. <laughs> I, well, have I, have,
1: where, I have an idea
0: where I have an idea where it's at, but uh, I would have to go search for it.
1: Well, I have it multiple could, hard copies. I have. Uh, I have hard copies I take with me when I do touring. I didn't have mentioned that I take tours uh, all over the world, especially uh, church history in Israel, but uh, I have copies specifically marked up for that, that uh, are portable and easy to use. And a lot of times are uh, uh, more comfortable using than the mobile devices, just because, you know, going uh, multiple places. Uh, but uh, yeah, I have, many more than just my standard uh, uh, large print quad that I use for uh, uh, giving talks in church.
0: (laughs) Well, now you talk about tours. Were you conducting the tours or just on the tours?
1: Uh, Conducting the tours. I've been doing tours since about 1983. In 1981, my wife and I went to Israel the first time uh, with the church educational system, with other seminary teachers. And uh, I had an uncle that was one of the founders of Beehive Travel. So when we came to, uh, moved down to Salt Lake, uh, I told him I wanted to get back to Israel. And uh, so he got me started doing church history tours and uh, Israel tours. And I've done hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of tours since then. I've been doing them uh, the last uh, number of years with Morris Murdoch Travel. And I do anywhere from uh, 10 to 15 tours a year uh, for Morris Murdoch. Of course, right now, everything's shut down with COVID. But uh, uh, that's one of the the things I love. I love photography and I love travel. And so I enjoy doing that, directing tours. And then I also uh, take professional pictures that I share with everybody in the group. Oh, very nice. Well,
0: I was in Israel from seventy-six to eighty. I was my family was one of three families and founding families of the Jerusalem branch. What? So, so yeah. So you arrived there two years after I left. Yeah, uh, yeah. I used to occasionally I would give some tours um, because our branch president um, was giving tours, and sometimes he needed some help. Is that so I, David some, Galbraith it, back in the day? I'm sorry. Who? David Galbraith. Yes, David Galbraith. He was the man. I, uh, him and uh, John Twetness, who's deceased. Yeah. yeah. Um. I, in fact, uh, I was there when the BYU study abroad program started, uh-huh. and we and we would get people coming over like Daniel uh, Ludlow, uh-huh. and he he would teach the priesthood lessons, and I. I was just in awe <laughs> yeah. and I, I was a young man at the time and I just kept my mouth shut and just listened because <laughs> uh, I I figured anything I had to say wouldn't wouldn't contribute to the group. But uh, he was fact,
1: remarkable it, when he was over correlation at church headquarters, he was just remarkable. I remember one point I was uh, on the the scripture committee uh, meeting with him and there was a question that one of the brethren had uh, and He said, let me check that tonight. We were meeting the next day. And he read the entire New Testament that night and came back with every scripture that applied to the question. Wow. So impressed with that. Wow,
0: yeah. And he's the one that taught me how to study Isaiah. Yeah. And that's the one thing I've, I've always enjoyed the book of Isaiah. I understand it. Uh, at least I think I understand it. <laughs> and, um, I, yeah, I was just amazed by him. And he wasn't the only one. We had some great men there that that were great, uh, great, great teachers. And I just always looked forward to uh, that priesthood meeting we would have uh, in the hotel in the Arab section of Jerusalem. And uh, it was just a, a great, great experience. And then, of course, they were planning on the, the Jerusalem center there. But I left before it actually uh, bought land or anything yeah. like that. So, well, very good. So now, how do you approach uh, studying the scriptures with your wife? As far as come follow me, what, what do you do?
1: So what we do is we go over the lessons that i prepared on Sunday mornings. So again, I do my lesson, which is about a two hour PowerPoint. So about a 150 to 200 slide PowerPoint. Uh, with embedded videos. Uh, that's what I do for my weekly lesson. Uh, and then, so on Sunday mornings, uh, I cut that down a bit uh, and and uh, we go over that lesson together. So going over the PowerPoints, videos, uh, and scriptures in that PowerPoint.
0: Well, now, when you teach these adult classes, are you using Zoom or what are you using?
1: No, it's it's... So I originated, again, a person to person in the Salt Lake Stake Center. So with about 200 to 250 people in attendance, and uh, it was all PowerPoint. Uh, again, without many people, you don't have discussion, you don't have questions. So it's just right. uh, a, a straight out presentation, but using a lot of media. And uh, so and then afterwards, I take the PowerPoint, create a PDF that I link to directly, but then include all of the, uh, the Word docs that I've created and all the PDFs that I've collected. So usually about 50 to 80 scholarly resources and other resource documents in the email, as well as the PowerPoint, all the videos, uh, half a dozen audios, uh, audio recordings on the topic, uh, graphics, hundreds of graphics, all the graphics I've collected over the years. Uh, all in folders that can be downloaded.
0: Okay, so basically, the people are on your mailing list. They get the, yeah. an email from you, and yeah. the email has all the links to this yeah. uh, information.
1: So most people just uh, will go into the, the PowerPoint itself and go through, or they can listen to the recording uh, of, of it. And uh, in the PowerPoint are links to all the videos. Uh, and all the videos themselves are in a, a video folder for download. Uh, so it's more of just a compilation of all the resources uh, that are available on the topic. Uh, so it kind of scratches all of my itches. The, the creation of media, it scratches that itch and, that, and uh, the graphics side of it, the teaching side of it, and uh, also the Studying the scriptures part of it, which I spend about 40 hours a week in the preparation of this.
0: Well, that's a full-time job.
1: Yeah, well, that's what I do with my retirement. (laughs) When I'm not traveling, that's what I do.
0: Yeah, very good. Now, uh, your children are obviously obviously grown up, as you've mentioned. Uh But when you were raising a family, how did you approach scripture study as a young family?
1: we read the scriptures together every night. It was, it was a commitment, uh, that we did no matter what, you know, we had a, a chart on the fridge that we marked off every day that we read. Sometimes it was a real challenge. Sometimes it turned into, uh, uh, quoting a few verses as we drove in the van somewhere. Uh, we missed a couple of nights the first year we started doing that, but, uh, Then for about eight years, we didn't miss a night. It took a a great deal of effort. But it's neat to see the kids uh, doing the same thing with their children, uh, reading the scriptures together every night. It had such a marvelous impact on not just spiritual things, but on reading ability.
0: Very interesting of what you're doing with your family. Um, I've had other people say that, you know, sometimes it's maybe just one verse, but uh, you do what you can, and it all works out.
1: Yeah, it really does, and the Lord blesses you. There, it's interesting because it's a different experience. The whole experience of reading the scriptures out loud is—we just don't have that very much in our communal church experience, like it was a few centuries ago. You know, where that was the way people got the scriptures. But in many ways, that's the way the King James Version was written. It was written to be read out loud. And there's something that happens when you do that. I think that's very helpful and also important. But as a family, I think it's remarkable.
0: Yes, and you mentioned like the Old Testament. I mean, the literacy rate, uh, they estimate was um, only about 2% of the population. And it's why the Savior said on the, uh, the Sermon on the Mount, you have heard it said yeah, because most of the people didn't have didn't have the reading ability. They were illiterate. Right. And so, um, yeah, it was meant to be read by somebody and to be read out loud so that others could um, could get the information.
1: But they developed an ability to memorize that was phenomenal. And I find it fascinating in different areas of the world. For instance, uh, in India, uh, children memorize. They memorize pages and pages. And uh, I was in a priesthood meeting when a fourteen-year-old uh, was asked to uh, recite a section of the Doctrine and Covenants, and he recited about forty verses. And it was no big deal. That's the way they learn is by that recitation. And our educational philosophy it doesn't even include that. But uh, so there was a. A compensatory tool that uh, overcame the reading, the literacy issue, because they were able to memorize uh, large sections of scripture.
0: Wow, I'm impressed. Anybody could um, recite that much of a of the doctrine of covenants or any scripture. Yeah, but yes, you're right. They did seem to have the ability to uh, to memorize, and of course they had to because um, they simply couldn't read. I, I did some research on the literacy rate uh, about during the time of um, Lehi, and uh, I was amazed. First of all, it was amazing, but was able to figure out what the literacy rate was, so some of it's obviously guesswork. But um, I learned that when they did go to school, obviously it wasn't to read. They were just, um, it would be recited to them. Uh, But it wasn't scriptures necessarily. It was how to do farming and for the the young girls, uh, uh, things about marriage and things like that. So um, they just um, didn't have that ability to to read the scriptures as we can and and ponder them in the way that we do. But the ability to memorize, I think, is just absolutely tremendous. Absolutely.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, we're just about out of time here, and um, I always like to end my podcast with my guest bearing their testimony. Would you mind doing that?
1: Oh, I'd love to do that. One of the great things about being alive in this dispensation is the Spirit of God is working in the hearts of men. Now, Satan is working his best, too. But to see what's happening in the kingdom of God as it grows throughout the world is just remarkable. And it's it's one person at a time receiving a testimony and witness of the truth and then putting themselves under covenant to follow Christ and beca- become a part of that covenant family. And to see that happen person by person, family by family, and then in wards and branches throughout the world as the church grows in strength and in light and in unity is one of the great miracles on the face of the earth. It's the gathering. It's the fulfillment of promises uh, from ancient times. I'm grateful that I have a witness of the truthfulness of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And I testify of the power of the atonement to change people. It's the atonement of Jesus Christ that offers the solution to every problem in the world. I'm so grateful for it and for being a part of the true church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints and of having a living prophet on the earth. What a thrill to have the opportunity to listen to General Conference this weekend and to feel that renewal of the Spirit once again. I bear that witness in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen.